During a crisis, you know, cocktail hour can be almost any hour. Make me burp. Here we are. Another episode of the Boozy Sitters Club. I'm Stephanie. I'm Nell. That was some great introducing. It was so good introducing. And we are the Boozy Sitters Club, where we reread the Babysitters Club books, drink, and tell you if they hold up in 2020. Amongst other things. Amongst other things. And there's a pop-in by a Scottish man. Who may or may not live in a tiny closet. Which may or may not have secret passageways. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, that's what we do. That's We're what really we do. We're proud of ourselves because we introduce ourselves first, first. Which is a first for us, I think. It is, even though it's literally written down for us to remind us yeah. in multiple places. But and that's we're okay. On, and we're on like... Episode 11, <laughs> episode 11, minus our boozy extras. Right. So we've been doing this for a hot minute, you know. It's all We're good. Learning. We're, We're learning. learning. So what book did we read this time now? Uh, I don't remember. Oh, Marianne and Logan. No, that's not the right title. Marianne likes Logan. Marianne and Logan smoochy smooch. God. They do smoochy smooch. Hold on. I have Marianne likes Logan likes Marianne. Logan likes yes, Logan yes. likes Marianne. <laughs> it's like the simplest title, and it literally tells you what the book is about, oh and yet neither of us could remember. So we're this week we read Logan likes Marianne. I will say off the bat, I was really proud of myself that my wild speculation was like fairly there were like random things where i'm like maybe i think maybe this and they came I true think you and remembered yours too the book. yes and i was proud of myself for that i will admit last time we recorded i was i was kind of cranky and i'll be better about my wild speculation this time although our wild speculation is um you know i all about ira gunrunner Yes, running. But we at the end we'll we'll tell everyone because we're coming up on October. So oh yes, our wild speculation will have to be different. Yes, um, but also will be a a sneak peek into the upcoming month. So yes, very exciting stuff. So yeah. So we so what was this book about? This book was about Logan. He and liked Marianne. He was real into Marianne. Yeah. And Marianne's coming of age of being a 13-year-old who now wears a bra. Girl, a I lot can't wait to hear talk. your thoughts because literally in my notes, there's just a line where in all caps it just says boobs. There's just there's just so much bra talk and people get uncomfortable about bras. Anyway, so, okay. So really what happens is there's this new boy in town. It doesn't even Logan. start with that. His name is Logan. He's from Kentucky. He's from Louisville. I didn't mm-hmm. say that right. I'm really sorry, Kentuckians. Okay, so the book is about Marianne. She is the protagonist of this one. She narrates it. We're coming up on her 13th birthday. It's the end of the summer. She talks about how much she's changed this summer. And she's loves this celebrity that I can't remember his name. And now Cam she, Geary. Cam Geary. Don't know why I, I remembered it, but because it's weird. It sounds like a hockey player. It does sound like a hockey player, but like he's he, not. He's like a actor or something. He's like an actor. She finds about him about him in the like Teen Beat sixteen 17. magazine, which oh yeah, I wrote Was down it? because I made lots of notes this this time <laughs> after like a few episodes of not making notes. Um, it's more fun when you make notes and I don't. <laughs> it's. Well, it was funny to me because there were there were things that were just off of what is real. So it wasn't Seventeen yeah. magazine; it was Sixteen, 16 magazine, magazine. which I think I kept reading as Seventeen and then getting confused. And like, it's not a real actor, but I'm sure like 
there was a real actor that she was describing him. You know what I mean? Like it was like Kirk Cameron. In my He's head, it was Jesus Corey Haim. <laughs> They're the same, except not. Except Corey Haim is dead. Which Corey's alive? Feldman. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Haim and River Phoenix are the dead ones, right? Yes. Amongst I mean, amongst others. others. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. yeah. So, that happens. She's changed. They go to school. There's a subplot of how, you know, Logan gets into the mix is because they start advertising at the PTA because Christy has another idea, which is actually a very good business idea. Yes. They then force her to also advertise in her new neighborhood because she knows nobody and calls them all snobs. And she wants they her friends want her to one, make friends and two, they want more business with the rich people. Yes. And basically... All of her brothers have made friends in the neighborhood. So she's a little bit out of the loop. One, it seems like because she's not trying at all. I mean, um, I get which it. Which is fine. I get it too. <laughs> she but has her own friends. She does, yes. It's um, not like she doesn't have any. Yeah. But like everyone else has made friends and, yeah. you know, and so they're like, look, you need to... So now they've done all this advertising and now they have too much business and the PTA moms. Christy Thomas really, Christy Thomas did up and put more on her plate than she could handle. Which I identify with and why we may be getting a support group, but that's fine. (laughs) I digress. (laughs) So they have too much business. Claudia is getting called at all hours of the night. Because the PTA moms and the rich people are not following the directions. They are not reading call. the flyers at all. So she com- she calls an emergency meeting. She kind of has a little bit of a panic attack. They figure it out. And then Logan pops his head in because he's eavesdropping next to them. And should we throw it to Lewis for the back door back cover? Why do I say that every time? Let's open the cupboard door. Let's open the cupboard door. Lewis, come out from your secret passageway. <laughs> Cue the harp strings as he comes down on a cloud. It used to be that Marianne had to wear her hair in braids and ask her dad before she did anything. But not anymore. Marianne's been grown up, and the Babysitter's Club members aren't the only ones who've noticed. Logan Bruno likes Marianne. He has a dreamy southern accent. He's awfully cute. And he wants to join the Babysitter's Club. The babysitters aren't sure Logan will make a good club member. And Marianne thinks she's too shy for Logan. Life in the babysitter's club has never been this complicated. Or this fun. Well, that was a beautiful back cover read from the heavens. Lewis. From Lewis. So yeah, so that's really what the book's about. So. Talk about some booze. I am taking a step further from last time where I was starting to make my way into fall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had a little apple cider to the mix last time. Um, now I'm just diving in with brown liquor. <laughs> so um, I'm drinking a brown derby, which is apparently a cocktail that was made, created in the 30s at the Brown Derby Hotel in LA. So um, I haven't tried it yet. So hang on. Is it good? Mm, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, bourbon, grapefruit juice, and honey syrup, Ooh. which is uh, simple, simple syrup, syrup made with honey? but in yeah. So I was all like, you know, that sounds really good and refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's more. I want I've, that now. Well, I can not give it to you because we <laughs> are zooming. not in the same room because of COVID. Um, stupid COVID ruins everything. It, um, it is, it's, I saw different, different recipes with slightly different ratios Mm -hmm. and I couldn't figure out, I didn't see one that was like, this is the official one. That's what's hard with old cocktails because like the measurements are different. They didn't write them down the same way or like when I was trying to make like the original mint julep and they were like, yeah. this is how you make a vat of it. And I'm right. like, I don't, no, I don't I don't need a punch bowl. Not today anyway. <laughs> um, so this one is probably, I would say, this is a little more bourbon heavy. Like mm. I don't, 
the grapefruitness of it is not overwhelming. Got it. So I may play around with the ratios. The, the ratio ratios. just to get a little bit of more of the like citrus flavor, but it is quite good. I enjoy it. I like it. What are you drinking? Uh, I I just had a day where I like ran from thing to thing to thing and I was going to make a cocktail. I had it all planned out. I'm not telling you what it is so I can make it another one. But then I got home and I got off a call and I was like, I just want a glass of red wine. I mean, that was going to be my other option. So and like not even like a necessarily a great red wine, just my go to go to red wine blend. And because everything I've been reading about vampires has been disappointing lately, I picked up Apothic Red, mm. which has never let me down. Perfect. It's like 11 bucks. Let me read the back to you. Please do. This is my impression of Lewis, but with a wine bottle, and I'm not going to do a Scottish accent. I was just about to be like, are you doing a Scottish accent? No, I can't do that one. I can do two accents. They're Brooklyn and Southern. I mean, I could read it to you. Let's just go straight right now. (laughs) Okay, we'll just do it regular. Cool. So, Apothic Red. Inspired by the Apotheca, a mysterious place where wine was blended and stored in 13th century Europe, Apothic Red offers a truly unique wine experience. Because everything has to be an experience now. Yes. A masterful blend of rich Zinfandel, flavorful Syrah, bold Cabernet Sauvignon, and a smooth Merlot creates layers of dark red fruit complemented by hints of vanilla and mocha. I don't know why it turned into Karen Brewer. Well... Here's the thing. You said you were going to do that regular, and let's be real. That's regular for you. So it's cool. I should have done the whole thing in a transcontinental accent. Speaking of, if you would like... I'm going to Baltimore to see a newspaper man. If you would like something amusing to watch, please go look up on Instagram, Tracy Ellis Ross getting ready for the Emmys, or like having been ready for the Emmys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What was that? That was a truck outside. Was that? Definitely was a truck outside my house. There was nothing outside mine. Oh. That was all you. <laughs> what it sounded like, chomp, chomp. I don't know. There might be a vampire in here. <laughs> don't invite him in. That's the only way he's getting in. Nope. No one is allowed to come in. Um, so, yes, Tracy Ellis Ross like put on her dress and was all excited. And so on Instagram, there's this little clip of her getting ready and they're faking like she's on the red carpet. Like they put out a little red carpet thing. And so whoever, her friend, her assistant, whoever's videoing it is faking like, Tracy, Tracy, who are you wearing? And she's like, well, hello, hello. Oh, yes. Oh, this is great. And like, like a solid 30 seconds of her just being like a movie star from 1930. It's. hysterical and you should definitely look it up i will look it up and at one point she kind of did the same thing of like what am i doing (laughs) i mean it is really it's a great accent so i lied i can do three accents (laughs) because that is a fun one and i only learned i could do that one when i used to have barbara reed's phone number barbara reed's a woman who used to work where we used to work who I like had her name. phone number for a while and people would call me and sometimes <laughs> I would answer and I would go, hello, Barbara Reed's phone. May I ask who's calling? I mean, it's a solid, <laughs> like, like plucky gal who works at a newspaper. Yeah, kind of I name. just, it, yeah, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's what we're drinking. Great. I mean, awesome. Should we take a... Should we take a wee break to... Let's take a wee break and hear what one or the other of us has to say this week. (laughs) It'll be a surprise to us both. We interrupt your regularly scheduled programming to bring you news about Pod Pup to the Stars, Piper Lee Barrymore. Regularly heard on the Boozy Satyrs Club, jangling and breathing heavily, Piper Lee has decided to interrupt this broadcast to tell you about something very important. Piper Lee is using her platform to encourage every U.S. citizen to do their civic duty and register to vote. November is just around the corner, so be like Piper and make your needs known and vote. 
This message is brought to you by Puppies for Positive Change. Remember, be kind and skip that poop. Okay, we're back. We're back. So how you doing? Um, you know, I'm actually doing all right. Today's my vacation week, or today's the, the start of my vacation week. So, you know, I'm doing the same thing I've been doing, just... Calling it a vacation? Calling it a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not entirely true, because I have been doing some work, and so... But it's, you know, when you're, when you're living through a pandemic... Vacation takes on a whole nother. It it does. And so. I realized I haven't really um, taken one at all. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think it's hard because you, like, we're all doing things that to a degree seem like they should be vacation adjacent. Like. True. You're staying but in your I've, house more. I've really Christy thomas up this pandemic. Sure. And did not realize it till this past week when I had at least three people tell me how much I've done since um, the pandemic started and my job situation changed and that changed, not chained. Chained. And uh, I was like, oh shit, girl. Yeah, you need to not do all of that. But yet here we are. Here we are. Well, I'm happy you're good on vacation. Yeah, I mean... Again, I don't know how it's that different. Went to Trader Joe's today. I mean, that's different. That was different. That's fun. Bought some, you know, pumpkin things because it's, it's fall now. and everything has to be pumpkin. How about you? I started my new consulting gig today, which was mm-hmm. exciting. I went to a place before with everyone people? Freaks, with people. But before everyone freaks out, there's like less than 10 people that work there. Great. So it's fine. Great. Everyone wore a mask. Even so better. Good. So yeah. So it was it was good to not be in my house. Mm-hmm. But close enough to my house that I just randomly came home in the middle of the day to check on the dog. Sure. She was fine. No poops. Shocking. Well, well she's been having some separation anxiety. But you know, starting a new thing, plugging along, trying to just keep pushing down the overwhelming sense of doom for our democracy and Keep on keeping on. It's what you got to do. That's all you can do right now. Yeah. So on a scale of one to five or whatever, we we need sure. to really work out this scale. We really it's episode do. Episode eleven, and it's just how'd you? How, where where'd this fall for you? I mean, like a three. It was fine. It was fine. It was. Expected. It wasn't objection objectionable. It wasn't objectionable. Except God, Marianne drives me fucking nuts. Yes. I was a little annoyed that we started the book with her actually being like, look at how much character development I've had since the, you know, and then immediately backtracked and immediately went right back to where we were. And oh my God, I was she's like, so annoying. I don't find her annoying. Marianne annoys me. Marianne annoys me because it's like, Every time you get a perspective of Marianne from one of the other ones, I like she's shy, she's this, she's nice, blah, 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 blah. And then we get a Marianne's head. And I just quite honestly think she's just kind of selfish and wishy-washy. And she just annoys me. Like she has so much judgment about the other ones being self-absorbed. And I'm like, you're literally the most self-absorbed out of all of them. You care way too much about what other people think about you. You get freaked out anytime anyone like looks at you. But yet, let's cast judgment on Stacy liking boys and Christy doing advertising. God forbid. I'm done. That's my rant on Marianne. I've been holding it in for two days. But how do you really feel about Marianne? Oh my God, she drives me crazy. And I wish I didn't get in her head. I feel like if I didn't get in her head, I'd like her. But she's annoying. In her head. She drives me nuts. I don't like it. <laughs> Sorry, all y'all Marianne's out there. <laughs> it's, it's cool. It's fine. <laughs> and that's our episode, folks. See you I later. I didn't actually realize how strongly I felt about that till that, that rant started. Well, I'm glad we know that now. <laughs> I, hope we she can. Grows, I hope she grows on me because, man... This is going to be a bumpy ride. Well, the good news is 
there's only going to be more of them, so there'll yeah. be less Marian narrated books. That's true. As we go. And we haven't even gotten to her bad haircut stage yet. Which, yes, which I have zero memory of, obviously, like, it's I know. It's stuck in my head. Yeah. It reminds me of, have you watched Pen15? Mm-mm. You should. It's very funny. It's these two adult women. Do you know what it's about? I, no, but I feel like literally in the past day, <laughs> I went from never having heard of it to suddenly that's like all, well, the maybe second, it was in the Emmys or something. I think it was in the Emmys and the second season is on Hulu now. And it's two adult women comedians going back and like playing seventh graders but all of the other actors are actual seventh graders oh my god so you really feel that awkwardness because it's just like where marianne's haircut comes in one of them gives herself a bad haircut the day before the first day of school and the way her japanese mother takes a bowl Mm -hmm. and puts it on her head and just cuts around it and i know other literally a bowl cut whole thing and, she, and one of the teachers like refers to her as yes the young asian man in the care bear shirt <laughs> like, anyway i digress uh, so i did not have the same visceral reaction that you had to marianne it wasn't visceral at the time i think this has just been building up every time i read a marianne story which is now two sure um <laughs> like i said i the one thing that did annoy me off the bat was she, in like the first chapter or two, is talking about this fabulous summer and how much she learned about herself and how much she grew and the things that she thought she was afraid of. She It wasn't that she was afraid of them. It was just that she hadn't ever really experienced them. And so she was, t- you know, taking all these steps and then immediately backtracks. And it wasn't even like, like, I get the, if there is a person that you like, you get mm-hmm. nervous around them. I get that. But you but don't I, just stop talking. Well, and even if you do, I feel like there's a way. And like, I don't want to say bad things about our favorite Anne M. Martin. I just feel like it wasn't the best writing. Like, maybe she wrote this one under deadline. Like, I just, uh, I just felt like it was a little sloppy in terms of character development. Yeah, yes. But then maybe on the same time, I think that is also... Very indicative of a seventh grader going to be an eighth grader and you really think you're so mature and you're so you've grown so much and you really haven't. There's really not that much difference between a seventh grader and eighth grader because it turns out the only thing that grew were one year. Literally. Yeah. One year. But, you know, in a middle school situation, like you're now like. Well, but I also think in a middle school situation, there are people that can can grow emotionally Mm -hmm. very quickly. Like, I think part of it is you're in a group of people. There are people that suddenly are more mature and handle things in a very different way. She clearly is not one of those people. That is true. And she was very quick to say that, like, she had – you're right. She was very quick to say that she had and then fell back into certain patterns. What I did enjoy, though, was – when she did mention that this was the first year that all of them are sitting together at the lunch table. Yeah. Because it's like now Claudia and Stacy think they're like cool enough. Cool enough. And it's, <laughs> it's, it was just kind of funny to me because it's I, like none of you have really changed that much. Right. But I, I think also like that's one of the good things about the writing is. I think it does take you back to those points at which at that age, I feel like, no, no, nobody's really changed that much, but even something little can feel so big. So if one of your friends got a bra or started liking boys or whatever, it seemed like such a huge difference. Whereas adults, like you're like, like, who cares? We're entirely different people and you're still friends. Because they, she made a point of saying that, you know, she got a bra this year, but Christy still doesn't have to wear a bra because she's flat chested. So she's a little more mature than Christy. And I'm like, this is how you know you're in middle school. You're all forgetting the point that like girls started a whole business and boobs don't matter. Boobs don't make you mature. Boobs do not make you mature. Ooh, we should put that on a t-shirt. 
boobs don't make you mature? Mm-hmm. I can attest to boobs not making you mature. Yeah. I have boobs. I am very rarely mature. I will say the one thing that this book did more than any of the other books so far is it put me immediately and directly into a mental space of being in middle school. Yes. Like they talked about the start. So the book starts and it's literally like the last weekend before school or the last yeah. week or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so they have their last meeting, summer meeting, and then they're like, next time I see you, we'll be in school. And so mm-hmm. there's a little bit of the ramp up to first day of school and who's walking right. with whom because now Christy isn't walking and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and they talk about that made it sound like Christy is now paralyzed. In a wheelchair. <laughs> Christy is no longer walking. After Christy's not big, walking with them to after school. her big summer accident. <laughs> she's just decided she's not walking anymore, and she's being carried around by a litter of gentlemen. She's a, she's on a what do you call those things? A litter. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Or the like. The shirtless, oily guys carry you around? Yeah, where they, like, hold you up on your throne over there. That's what it's called? Uh-huh. I don't believe you. Oh. <laughs> Look it up. I might be wrong. I'm pretty I sure. Mean, you're probably right. Let's look it up. I don't even know how to Google that. Uh... Mm. Thing. Oh, later. I'll do this okay. later. This is not important. That's fine. Um, but, so they talk about things like school supplies, and like binders yeah. and stuff like that. And then they talk about the lockers. And like, I don't know why. I mean, I've thought about lockers and binders and stuff since I think middle about school, school but supplies every year because I really enjoy buying supplies. Oh, yes. yes. The description of putting things up in her locker using gum because Ooh. they can't use tape. I, tape. I, I said tape. That's not a thing. I tape. almost vomited in my mouth. It was so bad. And I'm not normally like an I couldn't kind handle of person. It. I could not like, handle it. Why would you do that? And also, why is used gum better than scotch tape? I don't know. There were so many things about it that were just so gross. So would so 12 weird. year old you have liked the book? Eh. Well, okay. Clearly 12 year old me read it. You probably when you read it and like retained it. So I think you liked it. Well, I don't know. I think I actually probably retain things I don't like more than things that I like. That is the saddest thing I've ever heard. Not in a bad way. Like, <laughs> okay, I, I will temper that with, I have a very good memory and I retain a lot of information. Okay. But I can tell you the slights that I encountered in middle school and who I was angry at. <laughs> More than I can tell you, like, <laughs> oh, my God, this was the most amazing, fun thing that happened in middle school. Got it. Okay. I can tell you both of those things. It's not like I don't have a memory of fun things. Mm-hmm. But the, like, the stuff that really sticks is the stuff that I, I don't. So, I, again, I didn't dislike it, but I think – I do think I probably liked it because I I probably did – um, relate to the Marianne feelings of like, oh my God, I like that boy, school dance, like everything that she was feeling and the, oh my God, the guy that I like is coming over to talk to me. Yeah. I mean, and I physically yes. can't speak. I think I related to that. And so that's probably why I remember it. I think I related to it. I think I would have liked it. And actually thinking about it, I will, I will counter the writing. I actually think the writing in this one was better than the writing in The Ghost of Dawn's House, to be perfectly honest. Because sure. The Ghost of Dawn's House, I the popping into the other babysitting experiences really took me out of the whole story. Yes. That didn't happen this time. And most of the babysitting experiences, even if they were not, with the exception of Chewy the dog, which was just hysterical, um... I have a note on him. Related to the story. So one of the babysitting, how they rectify their overscheduling is Logan pops in. He's like, well, I'm a babysitter. Except he's telling me. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. I'm a babysitter. I That was messed up. I it's can fine. do that better. 
But so he used to babysit. They invite him to a very painfully awkward meeting of the babysitters club where Claudia can't say bra strap and he can't tell the end of story about some kid that I'm assuming ends with the tiny child whipping out his wiener. Yes. I'm, I went there just because that was a thing that happened to me babysitting. <laughs> sure. Which I did find that funny because I do remember those times where you couldn't say like things that now adults would just completely say in front of the opposite sex but you can't say like bra yeah yes <laughs> well it's new to them like it is new to them so they invite him to a meeting and then how they're going to test him out is there's a new client that has a bunch of boys and shocker christy wants someone to like monitor him on his first one and marianne's the only one that can go and it wasn't like to set her up. It's just literally she really was the only one that could go. Yes. And that happens a couple times through the book. Yeah. Where she's literally the only one. Like they end up together because she's yeah, literally the only one available. like a bunch of meat cute. So they go and they babysit this boy that I can't remember his name. But he was very rambunctious and he had a. There's three of them, right? There's three of them, but they only watch one of them because two of mm. them have mm-hmm. classes at the Y. And the one they watch, he's very accident prone, very excitable. And he has a pet cricket who is named Elizabeth, who's but a, he's boy, a boy, which I Again, love. like maybe this was, was a like, like a foreshadowing of maybe. Jenny Bailey. Because they were like, his name's Elizabeth? And he was like, yeah, his name's Elizabeth. And Marianne was like, he's a... He was Elizabeth. And I was like, okay, he's okay. Elizabeth. And they just rolled with it. They rolled Again, with Elizabeth. Again, Anna Martin, like, surreptitiously putting that stuff in. Mm-hmm. So then he gets his hand stuck in a jar trying to get Elizabeth out, and Logan handles that well. Which but, like, when the up. kid tries, he does just lube it up with margarine, which is not advised not recommended. in other situations. And, like... Marianne's literally giving him a scorecard the entire time. And then when they finally all like go talk at the next meeting and they're like, well, we like him. He's a good babysitter, but we don't really want him in the club. And I keep saying they don't actually say it, but they don't want him in the club because but they don't say the reason. But I think the only reason they don't want him there is because having him at meetings would be awkward. Yeah, and then it turns out at the end he didn't want to join the club because it was awkward for him, but he's totally fine being, what did they end up calling him? An, an associate member. Associate member. Yeah. yeah. And he's got other boys that would be associate members, which was like, great. I was yeah. really hoping this was finally when we let Mallory in the club, but no. Oh, no, it takes a while. Oh, well, God, I don't they know really it's... need Mallory. But she's We're... still only like 10 or 11. I think she has to be 12 before she. Is it... oh, God. Because they didn't start till they were 12. That's true. But they've hit a point where they, they well, need Well, here's an intern. the other thing, though. <laughs> Spoiler alert. In the author's note of this one, Anna oh, Martin yeah. says this is the book where she and her editors decided they're they not aging older. them anymore. Which means they, Mallory has to have turned 12 at some point soon. And I also think they could fudge it. You know what I mean? True. Like if they're not aging them, they can be like, oh, she turned 12, you know, um, or they just don't really mention it. But the, she says, like, we made the decision. They're now going to stay the same age be 13 forever. forever. Yeah. Which I, I feel like I feel like maybe they age a little bit like there are enough books. And then at some point. I mean, there's a hundred and something books. Right. And she stops writing them, I think, after 30 some books. And then other people start writing them under her own name. I Um, didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, So I think they probably end up taking some liberties and changing it. Because I do think the, like, passage of time so far is a good thing and helps the storytelling of these books. Yeah. I can I go down some of my notes. Oh wait, first, would twelve-year-old you have liked the book? Yeah, I, I think, think I answered that you didn't. No, I think I might have. I don't know. Twelve-year-old me, I think I would have liked the book. I think the things that annoyed me now probably would have annoyed me then. I think I pro I would have identified with a lot of, you know, the anxiety. I would have identified. There's just certain things that I just 
even though I know she gets anxious and she gets upset, I just find her to be so irrational. It's annoying. I will like say. Like when her shoe flew off at the dance and then she the pouted birthday, the whole time. The and then, birthday okay. thing? So the most surprising thing, skipping ahead. Sure. Was her fucking running out of her own birthday party. Yeah. They didn't give her a so, surprise birthday. They just got her a cake for Christ's right. sake. So part one of the like. I'm clearly very mad at her. It's fine. I was very mad at the birthday situation. So what happens in one of the mini subplots is it's going to be her birthday. And I think it's Stacy who is babysitting for Charlotte. Charlotte. And she they're talking about Marianne's birthday. And Charlotte was like, you should throw her a surprise party. And Stacy, being a good friend, is like, I don't know about that. I don't think she would like surprise parties. And it'd be too much attention and whatever. And I think even it's still Charlotte who's like, well, why don't you just throw a regular party and give her a surprise cake? And Stacy's like, oh, actually, that's a really good idea. And she ends up kind of running with it. She asks her parents, can I throw this party? She makes it the first boy-girl party that their grade has had. Because, Because of course she is, because she's Stacy. She's from New York. And so everyone has to bring a date and she tells everyone about it. She tells Marianne about it. Like it's this party. It's fine. She does tell Marianne to come a little bit later so that all the people can get there. All their friends can get there and they bring gifts and everything. So they get there. They're having a fine party. I mean, it's a total, you know, 13 year old middle school party. But she even, and it's like, fine. But she's having a great time. She even has that whole moment with Logan on the couch. And they like, start we're talking. In, we're in our own little world. Like it's total it's rom-com. Great. Like totally fine. And then they come down with the cake and they're all singing happy birthday to her. And she freezes, realizes she hates being the center of attention and runs away. And runs, runs home. home. Like, And then- this is where I really got annoyed at her. It was not only does she run home, then she has this whole inner monologue about how she knows one of them is going to call her to make sure she's okay because they would realize what they had done to her. And I'm like, and then when no one calls, she's like, she's like despondent. Well, let me open my window <laughs> because clearly they're going to come over. And it's this whole thing where like, clearly she was a jerk about it. And her friends end up like the next day or the day after, whatever it is. I think Logan calls her first. No, she calls him first because she her dad agrees that she can get a cat. Oh, that's right. And she calls Logan because she wants Logan to go pick out the cat with her. And he was basically like, well, we didn't. I didn't call you because I thought you were mad and you were never going to speak to any of us again. And he apologizes. He does apologize. Which he didn't need to apologize. He didn't. And I get I Honestly, I probably would have apologized in the situation, too, because she was clearly upset. I would have probably sure. just been like, yes, I, I'm that was not the intent. I'm sorry you had that reaction, which is basically what Stacy does when she finally Everybody calls Stacy. And I think that's what kind of annoyed me is that everyone was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, that's fine if you're being nice and apologizing and doing the right thing and being the bigger person. But also, like, I feel like Christy should have been like, but like, suck it up. You're with a group of your friends. You know everybody. And I think that's why I get so annoyed at Marianne. I think partly like, and I get, I get being shy. I was painfully shy. But around my group of friends, that was my safe place. Right. I didn't have to be shy around them. I could be myself. And even if they did something- Even if they did something like, because I started thinking about like, how would I react because I was so shy? I didn't- like, I could go on stage and perform and do all these things, but that's different because, like, there's not a retention, but you don't even really know the people are there. Like, whatever. You just pretend they're not there. At least that's what I did. That's what I do. And, and nine times out of ten now when I have to talk to people, I pretend I'm a different person. Anyway, sure. now we're going way too far into my psyche. It's cool. But, like, I was trying to think about what would 12, 13-year-old me have done in that situation. One, even though I was that shy, I would have loved if my friend's had thought enough about me to try to give me a special day. And even if I was panicking on the inside, I probably would have smiled, sat there, been a little right. uncomfortable, and then maybe told like Christy or Dawn or whomever my fr- best friend was, 
I'm really freaking out like right now. Can you like talk me off a ledge or whatever? But, but just, I wouldn't run home like a fucking five year old. It all she acted like, like Jamie. That is what like Jamie Newton would do. Well, sure. Because he it also threw a punch seems, on his sister. Yes. But he stopped himself. He did stop himself. It also just is like, it's just bad manners. It like, was such bad manners. Such like, bad manners. I feel like, especially with anything having to do with birthdays, I remember if there was a party, my mom would always be like, like if I was getting anything, like the the weird thing that was always instilled in me was, yes, it's your birthday party, but there's other people here and this is not about you, ironically. Right. Right. And if like you're doing presents, if you don't like something, you say pretend thank you. you like it and just say, say thank, thank you. you. All she had to do was say thank you. Right. Say thank you. Blow out the candles because it's pre-COVID and, it's like, and you don't have to worry about spittle. And then <laughs> like now when I think about that, I'm like, wow, we've all just been eating cake that we've all just been blowing on. Have you seen those cake covers? No, people that's have stupid. just don't put candles on the cake. What? No. What if I just come up to you with a candle? Blow out this candle and now eat your cake. No, I want one of those plastic covers that goes over the cake with the candles on it so I can blow out the candles, take off the cover, and then eat the cake without COVID spittle. Noted. I don't need candles. (laughs) Having said this, I don't think I've had candles for many a year. But... Yeah. Anyway, so that was the most surprising part for me was her... Just sheer lack of manners. And for as many rules as her father seemed to have, apparently he did not instill be a good guest. Right? It seems it was so it was so bizarre. And the whole like, they're gonna call me. They're gonna come over. I was like, how selfish are you? Yeah, she was real annoying at that. Like I was like, ugh. Like she doesn't deserve she doesn't that's not fair. She does deserve all of the wonderful things that she gets. But it's just fucking annoying. Sure. It was but so you know, annoying. You know all of our friends were like noting this for next time. And that's the thing I think that gets me is just like just be nice and normal and appreciative because your friends are never going to do this again. Like right. they may have apologized and brought you your cake and your presents, but, but they're not gonna never do gonna again. do this again. And, and you better not think, get mad when they don't. And I think what's also really surprising is because she's grown and she's changed or she thinks she's have. How many times she was just she just snapped at Christy over like really weird shit. And yeah. it's like, great. You can clearly tell you think you've outgrown her a bit. Sure. But it's like now the rest of your friends are like really good friends with her. Right. And like she invited Dawn over her house. And I'm like, yeah, maybe just like cool off because you got a bra. Look. Bras will do weird things to little Bras girls. will do weird things. So what was surprising for you? What's on your list? Oh, I, I have a list. I don't know that... I mean, I can I can work this into what was surprising, but... Um, <laughs> or just go down the list. This is a loose outline. So this just... We sort of touched on this before, but it made me laugh and I had to write it down because it made me laugh about you. Um so when they call the emergency meeting, one, Christy's all like, she's like, fine, yeah, well, let's have emergency meeting. But who called this meeting? Because she w- didn't call it. And yeah. she was like, who called this? And Claudia's like, I did because I was freaking out because 85 people are calling me. And Christy's like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. That's fine. That's fine. She just wants to know. <laughs> but she says, when things get hectic, I get ideas. It's true. And I feel like that's your I also read that and I was like, I understand you. I feel you. I think that's what I I think I've been making plans in the pandemic to soothe myself. Well, there you go. I also loved that Chewy the dog had a formal name, which was Chewbacca Perkins. (laughs) Chewbacca Perkins. We didn't even. Had a last name. We didn't even. Oh, Chewy. So the only babysitting thing that didn't really fit into the story, but it was a wonderful story to be told, was Claudia and Chewy. <laughs> and Chewy is a very rambunctious lab puppy. And she decides that she's going to take him and I can't remember the little one's name. Mariah? Mariah. There's Mariah, Buddy. No. No. It's Mariah, just the two girls. The Gabby. Two girls. Gabby. Gabby and Mariah, maybe? 
I don't know. I feel like there's two girls. So she takes the little one and she decides to take the dog for a walk too to go pick up the other sister at the bus stop. And the little one's like, Mom never takes him. And she's like, It's cool. (laughs) It's cool. And something happens. She drops the leash as the one's getting off the bus, and Chewie just runs for the girl. And he's all excited because he's a puppy. And, and he just takes off. Then just takes off with her backpack. And she starts freaking out because she has very important things like a permission slip and crayons in her backpack. So now they're like running through the neighborhood. The dog runs past Claudia's house. Oh, no. They runs first, I think, through like the Newton's house. And they're yeah. like, Jamie, come on. Help us catch the dogs. Now It literally is like a like a Keystone Cops. Like- yeah. So there's like now Jamie's running and then the dog runs by Claudia's house where Mimi's like taking a walk and she's like, Mimi, watch out. But Mimi tries to catch the backpack. Doesn't work. She can't catch the backpack. And then they run past the Johansson's house and she's like, Char, get the backpack. Charlotte gets the backpack but doesn't get the dog. And the other girl who's backpack is like, thank you. There's so much important stuff in there. And so Claudia is like, I just can't handle this anymore. We got to go back. Dog's gone. I got to fess up. The dog's gone. I'll have to deal with this. And then they get settled in and there's a knock on the door from a construction worker. He's like, hi, your dog is really nice, but he won't give me back my cones. And she's like, what do you mean? And (laughs) she goes and she looks in the backyard and Chewie's been stealing all of the construction, the yellow, orange construction cones, pulling them into the backyard and making a pile out of them. Mm-hmm. Literally has nothing to do with the plot whatsoever, but it was a really good nope. story. Yeah. And I mean, I think it it goes to the like, here are the things that you might encounter while babysitting. You know, like, here's why if the mom doesn't take the dog to the bus stop, maybe you shouldn't either. Leave the dog. Yeah. So that was funny. So Chewbacca Perkins, the other thing that was like, they go, and I'm trying to remember who... It is, but a few of them go clothes shopping for the dance because there's also a school dance all, that Logan invites Marianne to. And so Stacy helps to like all pick five out clothes. Of them go, and they yeah. all want to go into different sections. Oh, right. And Stacy wants, and Don wants, wants to go to shoes, Claudia wants to go to juniors, Stacy wants to go to underwear, and Christy wants to go to sportswear. Sportswear. You never like, know. What are you going to find there? She's like, you maybe a nice sweater? And it's like, no. Christy, no. No. <laughs> so they start. So they basically it's like they pick out the the skirt and the sweater for Marion. The skirt that she describes, like I started reading it and I almost dropped. It's not a book. It's an iPad. I almost <laughs> dropped it. She is describing an actual piece of clothing that I owned as a child. (laughs) And I loved. So there was this brand of clothes. In my head, it was Gitano. It's probably like Gitano or something like that. It's G-I-T-A-N-O. And I, so because my grandmother indulged me, um... My grandmother and I were very of the same mind when it came to shopping and in a way that definitely like, yes. What did you call the, what did you say that chair was called? A litter. I was thinking Satan chair. Oh, yeah. Is that the same thing? For some reason when you say. I don't know if it's the same thing, but a litter to me is. (laughs) I thought, I was like, oh, Satan chair thanks a litter to me is almost more like flat ah. with like handles but a, a satan chair i think would be more like a, a full-on chair that they would hold yeah so maybe they're similar but not the same oh litter versus sedan chair oh let's find out about it when used as nouns litter mm-hmm. means a platform mounted on two shafts or a more elaborate construction designed to be carried by two or more people to transport one in luxury models, sometimes more. Third person. Or, occasionally, an elaborate version 
a cargo, such as a religious idol, where a sedan chair is placed. <laughs> is placed means a litter or hackman seating a single person, often borne on two poles and carried by two people. Oh, wait, where... Where in this do the uh, oily, muscular men come into play? They're holding it in either situation. Great. You just get more in a litter. Yes, you just get more in a litter. Got it. I didn't know there was a difference. I'm glad there's articles. Now we do. Other people. Um, Clearly are... someone has wondered about this before. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. So your grandmother. No, it's fine. <laughs> so when I would stay with my grandmother over the summer, she would often buy me clothes, especially mm -hmm. like back to school clothes. There was one year where I, we went and I don't remember if it was the like Gitano store or if it was a store that had like yeah. the section and they had this print that is exactly what she describes. It's basically these like rough sketches of um, like the Eiffel Tower and the Arc de Triomphe and like, yeah. uh, you know, Coliseum and stuff. And it would, and it was, there was a, uh, the skirt that I had, had like a, a, a blue, I think it was like a blue fabric at the top and then that print down. Mm -hmm. But I think there was also a sweatshirt. I think I may have had it too. There was a sweatshirt in that same print. So it was kind of like they made a ton of different pieces of clothes in that, that print and coordinating yeah. so you could mix and match. And it was the weirdest thing because I loved that skirt and I love those things that she got me, but I haven't, obviously I haven't thought about them in years. And it was and the weirdest was thing. Like she's describing it. And I'm like, I'm, I'm picturing that. this in a way that's beyond just, it was crazy. And I looked it up to try and find it online and I mm -hmm. can't, I've found similar things, but I haven't it's found exactly, exactly it. So I'm going to keep looking because I feel I like it's, it's somewhere out there. But it was so weird. Like, it just was like, oh, oh, my God. Cray. Cray. Should we take a wee break to refresh? Sure. As two women who love a good accessory, we think that wearing a mask every day not only helps to save lives during this COVID pandemic, but it is another opportunity to step up your fashion game. If you agree, take a look at Octopi Crafts on Etsy. They have different styles of high quality cotton masks and a variety of handmade fabric goods like scrunchies and headbands. And because our listeners are special, you'll get 10% off all purchases with the code BOOZYSITTERS, all caps, all one word. So go find Octopi Crafts on Etsy, that's O-C-T-O-P-I, and get yourself some great new masks and be kind to your fellow humans. Okay, we're back. We're back. Okay, so we've talked about if we would like it if we were 12. We talked about it was surprising that she ran off mm -hmm. crazed. What was the most expected part? That Logan liked Marianne. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that was, Let's that was that pretty right expected. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the most yeah, expected part is that, like, no matter how much Marianne tried to sabotage that relationship. Oh, God. And she tried hard. She tried hard. I almost felt like she wanted it to be sabotaged so she could go on along her oh, woe well, with me. But whatever. Yeah. I mean, I was <laughs> I was glad to see that we weren't going with, like, the typical stereotypes and all of that. But ultimately, yes. the most expected part was that ultimately this was a book about Logan liking Marianne. Marianne. Yeah. So <laughs> doesn't sorry. hold up in yeah. 2020. Yeah. I mean, again, I like does. it's all emotions. It's all, you know, early teen emotions. And yeah, clearly it it brought out some strong feelings on your end. So <sighs> she made me so mad. And that's okay. Because I just felt like she was just so disrespectful to her friends, but didn't see it. I mean, we've discussed this at length at this point. But yeah, I do think it holds up. Yeah. I especially think it holds up. I'm putting a lot of weight on Elizabeth and that that cricket. But I mean, <laughs> I well, thought that was lovely. As we, I think, have discussed before, I think, I hope I'm not speaking out of, out of I'm, I don't think I'm making this up, but I think we've since learned that Anne M. Martin is queer. 
Yes. Yes. And so I do feel like looking back on these books, knowing that she identifies in that way, but either wasn't, I don't know whether she was out personally at that point, but she probably was not out professionally just given that it was the 80s and, you know, she's writing children's books. I'm going to assume that (laughs) there weren't a ton of people being like, hello, please write your queer agenda books. Like, even though they're (laughs) clearly not that, but you know what I mean? Right, but when you can slip it, to me, he is Elizabeth is the late 80s, early 90s YA version of Bailey in the Netflix series saying, those are my old clothes. I don't even think it's that. I think it's Anna Martin's way of slowly putting things in that are like, I'm just going to put this in there. I'm not even going to address it because people aren't even as aware of what that actually means. Right. But... Kids who are reading it, it starts to normalize the fact that gender is a construct and gender doesn't mean this. And you know what I mean? And so it's like, in a way, it was her queer agenda and good for her. It was. And it was clearly, yeah, it. I, I know that's weird that I'm putting a lot of weight on Elizabeth. He is Elizabeth. But I just, I read that and I was like, yeah, get it, Elizabeth. Yeah. You get that girl. Yeah. And and she does also really apparently good. RuPaul is not dead. He accepted an Emmy. I saw that, but did you see there was a weird little thing on his head? I didn't. I mean, it's, I just saw a screenshot, had, so I have to go back and look at He had video. work done. Let's be real, but I'm real. I really, I was in the camp that he was no longer with us. I also just am. It just still makes me laugh that I texted you. Oh my god! Like I think RuPaul might be dead. He deleted all of his social media, everything. <laughs> And then my mom replied and was like, oh, wow, cool. Or like, okay. And then I realized I'd actually texted my mom and not you. But it took me a hot second to realize that it was my mom. And she was like, I mean, all right, I don't, I'm not real. She's not as into RuPaul, RuPaul as you are. I mean, drag queens are really getting me through this pa- pandemic. Drag queens have gotten me through a lot of times in my life. Drag queens and lesbians. I've always felt myself amongst them. I think it's because, so when I was a kid, I mean, amongst other things, but there are members of our family who they're dead now. So they were gay. <laughs> <laughs> they might still be in the afterlife. They probably are in the afterlife. Their Unless soul is, labels don't matter in the afterlife. Uh, they probably don't. And we have so many labels now. It's a lot. But they came up and out and of age in a time where you couldn't really be out. So it was always like there were two men and there were two women. Mm-hmm. Roommates? It was... Friends? Yeah, it was... Nikki and Jakey and Chubby and Connie. And then Chubby and Connie were in the lesbian triangle with Selma. But that's a story for a different day. But so I was just always, they brought me, they, my mom was like all of their, when she was a, a kid was like, she was their child. So they took her everywhere. And then she had a child and they took me everywhere. And they would always bring me back because I lived in the city and they would go to like the Halloween parade and all of the parades and then i they i would get all of the like trinkets they brought back so i got beads and boas and masks i had the best dress up closet i mean (laughs) so since i was a kid the things that have always like when shit was bad drag queens were always there for me (laughs) like since i was I mean, I feel like I think drag queens are always there for the world. They really are. But like as my personal journey as a person. Yeah. In my time of need, there's always been a queen. It's been great. So God damn it, Elizabeth. You fucking you rock that cricket gender fluidity. I mean, that's not that's how a cricket identifies. Elizabeth aside, the book holds up because children's emotions are children's emotions. And no matter how many how much technology you get. Your first crush and your first boyfriend are always going to yes. feel the same. And clearly it holds up because it elicited such a strong reaction. Oh, girl. If I ever have a child, and that's the other thing. If my kid came running, this is this is also because dad's man. 
if my child just came running home panicked from like a party early, I'd probably call the mom of the house it was at and be like, what just happened? They didn't know. They were in the kitchen. Stacy was like, Mm-mm, but she had to run kitchen. past them. And I feel like Stacy and her parents have a relationship that is such that she'd probably be like, yeah, mom, Marianne just ran away. Yeah. I don't know. There's I feel lot. like Marianne skirted the parents. I feel like Stacy felt bad because she already was thinking about Marianne's embarrassment. So she probably took it to heart. Stacy's mom was like, oh my God, what's wrong? Because as we know, Stacy's mom overreacts and Stacy has to talk her off a ledge. Nothing, nothing. And she's like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. You're right. Okay. So we're going to wildly speculate now. Yes. But But we're doing something a little different. Hold on to your witch hats, everybody. Everybody get ready for. I don't know why October is techno, but. (laughs) So we're taking a small departure for October and we're moving out of the traditional canon of the Babysitter's Club. And we're going to do the mysteries. If you find better like spooky sound effects, you can go over that. I don't know. I think that was solid. I think us going was good. It was just it was great. And our extras are going to be spooky themed in some way. We haven't totally figured that out. So we're going to start with any suggestions. Let us know anything you want us to talk about, anything you want to hear. We're going to start with Stacy. Mystery number one? Yes. Stacy and the missing ring. <gasps> that does not sound as dramatic as I would like it to be. But it doesn't. I'll take it. I feel like this just the like Stacy just dropped a ring behind her bed. The but. first thought in my head was really not good. The first thought and I can't. Can no, nope, don't. It? No, you could, but I'm going to stop you. Can I type it to you? I know. You don't have to type it to me. I know what you're thinking. What was I thinking? I'm not going to say it because then you'll have it on tape, recorded. I don't know. We might be thinking adjacent. You can type it to me, but I'm going to tell you. I'll just say it. I'll cut it out. The first thing that went into my head is, well, we know we're like, she's a... She's in middle school. We know it's not a cock ring. Yes, that's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> you know me so well. Yeah. I might leave that in because <laughs> you didn't say it. I didn't say it. Okay. So what? Okay. Let's assuming that she didn't just drop a ring behind okay. her couch. Wait, say again the actual title, Stacy and the Missing Ring? Stacy yeah. and the... Stacy in the missing ring. I'm going to say that, I mean, obviously, look, everyone knows that the McGills are IRA gun runners, but let's just I put mean, that clearly. aside. We don't know. Um, I'm going to say her mom's family, actually, her mom comes from money. Okay. Her mom comes from like an another moneyed Irish family. I know that's like a little bit contradictory when you go back in American history, but... Yeah, some of them. But I haven't decided what their name is yet, because I'm pretty sure we don't know it in the series, but like we can Mrs. McGill's... Right. I don't know what it is yet. haven't decided I that mean, yet. Pick one. There's... I, I need to think re- about it. Pick one real Irish. Well, there's a lot of them, and I feel like there's a couple that are coming to me, but they're not right. So I need to think about it for a hot second. Mrs. McGill comes from money. Maybe she's English. Maybe. And that's why they live in America. Yes. Or because they were born here. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but her parents, it would work if they're English because her parents basically have disowned her. But yeah, because that's the because thing. Of the she Irish ran off because she ran off with an IRA man. Yeah, so she's probably got one of those like hyphenated names. So Mrs. McGill, married into the IRA family, mm-hmm. has been disowned, but comes from money, and her grandparents like secretly helped her out because they always had a soft spot for her, and her grandmother mm-hmm. left her a lot of jewelry, okay. and so. 
Stacy has always liked to go into her mom's jewelry case and jewelry box and try on like the night, you know, the big sparkly things, including yes. like this yes. big cocktail ring. And so she takes it and she's playing with it. Not to be confused with something else. No, cocktail <laughs> ring. That didn't make it sound any better. <laughs> Did a it? Giant jewel that you wear on a finger. Um, and she had it and she swears she put it back in the jewelry box, but then it disappears and they have to figure it out and blah, 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 blah. Okay. I will take your IRA gun running and I will up you with a coven. Oh. I think this has something to do with morbid destiny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is a, a ring that she needs for some spell casting. Oh, yes. I think something goes on when, like, Christy's for some reason, can't babysit Karen and Andrew, so Stacy does. And Karen's getting all spooky and shit again. And they sneak into Morbid of Destiny's house because Karen wants the ring that'll take her to another land, so they... They borrow it. I'm using air quotes. Mm-hmm. And then Stacy, in an attempt to get it back, says she'll keep it safe to get it away from Karen. And then she loses it. And then Morbid Destiny's coven comes after Stacy. And then the IRA has to step in to, you know, calm the witches down. It's not wild speculation if the IRA isn't involved. I mean, the IRA or the mom. It's one or the other. One or the other. I like it. Cool. I like it. Cool. So that's the episode, everybody. Hope Ta-da. you enjoy it. And we'll we'll chat soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.